Welcome everybody, this is BMP Weekly episode 168, it is 3rd of Nine. June 2022. Nine. What? What? Nine. 69. Nine. Yes, it is actually 169. <laughs> Thank you, Walter, that one. It is 3rd of June 2022, uh, and in the BMP Weekly, I always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365 platform, um, and all up, and then we typically have a visitor, and this time we have a visitor called... Yannick Regmans. Excellent. So Yannick joined us on, on a really good discussion. We actually recorded that bit earlier than we're recording this, spelling the mints, but a good discussion related on the his work around building a company and also um, building offerings on Microsoft 365 platform and then on the Power Platform and kind of a his vision and what he sees, how the ecosystem and community works. And also quite a good set of discussions related on tips on building a company and also uh, on, on recruiting people and what kind of people and all of that. So really, really good discussion. Right? Yes. So that, without further ado, let's, let's jump, jump on the interview. interview. Thank you, Yannick, uh, joining us once again. You actually were in the BMP Weekly a while back. It's been one and a half years or so or something. You're watching your screen oh. clearly. <laughs> Almost two, I think. It was, must have been in August 2020, I think. Yeah, which is basically 92. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's March 2020 uh, day, whatever. Yeah. So, yep. because <laughs> 92, yeah. so that is 70 episodes. It's yes, it's a long time. But, the, it's, yeah. but now we're finally getting to the real world. I'm traveling to Redmond next week, and and uh, you've been in conferences, and we're actually meeting people. This is pretty yes. cool. So yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I yeah maybe you you aren't Waldeck but I'm meeting people since basically April I've been traveling to some conferences so it's uh yeah, it's been fun it's yeah. also been a lot um overwhelming wasn't used to it anymore but it's also lots of fun I'm very yeah. glad we get back to that before we actually continue on that one can you do a quick intro as who you are and and what are you doing for a living so of just course you don't know so. of course of course so I'm Janneke Reekmans I'm a Microsoft Solutions Architect based out of Belgium. I run, together with my partner, a company, consulting company. We started doing Office 365 uh, consulting, SharePoint Teams, uh, and all of that on the collaboration side. And most of our business is now moving into the direction of Power Platform. And of course, we also have a, a little bit of what we call integration services, um, where Azure gets to play a part because everything we build on either Microsoft 365 or Power Platform needs to be hosted somewhere. And then we right. do Azure, of course. So um, I'm also an Office Development MVP, um, although lately more of my focus is around business applications and the development part in the Power Platform. But titles do not really matter besides the no. well. The award yeah. category does not really matter anymore in terms of being an MVP. We get to do lots of things across categories. So it's lots yeah. of fun. Yeah, that's actually, so what, what we wanted to have a discussion with you related on the perception from your side. You've been around for quite a long time as an uh, architect and, and working within the field and then also as an MVP. And then you actually have this interesting point of view as well, which is you're seeing how the technology is transitioned. You're doing more and more also on the Power Platform side, still Azure, Microsoft 365, and talking about that 
kind of a, what is the partner opportunity there overall, and then what are the trends? Um, you you said you're in based in, in Netherlands, right? Just in Belgium. 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 But it's almost the Stop same. Stop swearing this up. What? Whoa! Yeah, this is the end of the call. I'm dropping it. It's almost like a Finland and Sweden, right? So. Yeah, they all look alike. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we, we don't even speak the same language. Dutch and Flemish is not the same. No, it's uh, yes. I'm I'm based uh, out of Belgium, and yeah, what you're saying is is correct, right? We we saw a lot of the collaboration happening uh, intranets um, uh, on SharePoint, SharePoint on premises. Uh, there used to be a time where customers bought one license, either it be SharePoint or it be Dynamics, and then there were lots of consultants making sure that. Everything else that customer wanted just fit that one product. Um, if you had SharePoint, we will build for you a CRM system on top of SharePoint. Yep. If you had Dynamics, we would make sure that there would be document collaboration inside Dynamics, whatever yep. way possible. Um, <laughs> because that's the realities of a on-premises product. I know Microsoft saw it differently, but in reality, that's what was happening a lot. Yeah. Um, well, it's a cost, then, cost thing for sure for customers, so it makes sense. Yeah, one, but also another thing, expertise, right? Because if yep. you have a partner skilled in a specific area, well, they have a hammer, everything becomes a nail. Yeah, true. So that's what, uh, that direction, of course, and cost was very important. You had the client licenses and the server licenses, and you had to have all of the machinery to put it on, all the hardware. So yep. going to a SharePoint and a Dynamics, project was always difficult. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was a significant cost. And then we see in the cloud where over the years, Microsoft went or took each of their products back to their core functionality, SharePoint being document management, as well as intranet communication. Um, and things like a site mailbox that was removed, because why would you? Because there is Exchange, put it in Exchange yeah. where it's Good. So all of that, all of that evolvement uh, happened on the platform. And, and in terms of partner opportunities, I see that there is a, a big partner ecosystem that happened in the collaboration space. It's long existing. It's there for, for like 10, 15 years already since the first versions of, of SharePoint, um, 20 years maybe since the very first versions of, uh, of SharePoint. Um, and the space is crowded. There's still a lots of opportunities for consulting and for building pro uh, like products on it. Um, and the same was with the Dynamics space. Same yeah. thing, crowded, all of that. And we see now a lot of opportunities in the Power Platform. Something in between, like the low code, uh, the space where it's not ID driven, where mainly it's business driven, where lots of more people get involved to build stuff on the platform. So let me ask you that, right? Because like often it comes across as power is meant for end users who are tech savvy to build things by themselves, right? So where do you fit as a partner in this um, theory, right? That users will like, why can't users do it by themselves? I think there are two big partner opportunities three big partner opportunities. Um, the third one being uh, the one that's like a classic thing. You provide a product. 
um, you, as an ISV, you build something on top of Power Platform, on top of Dataverse, that's reusable. Um, we used to have this on SharePoint, we used to have this on Dynamics. Now, without the dependency on either Microsoft 365 or Dynamics, you can still build a product. So that's one side of things. Um, uh, the two others are um, the, the one where the business users with a bit of technical expertise start building their own stuff, but they run into limitations. They run into problems, they run into um, the limitations of the platform, which are not so much limitations, but mostly limitations of their knowledge. And that's where we feel that there is a lot of partner opportunity to help the personal productivity become actual productivity, like training, teaching, uh, guiding, the whole center of excellence type of thing, um, helping the personal productivity uh, grow in, in that direction. So it's the end users, the business users that want to do something, but can't really achieve it by themselves. What would be an example on that in, in practice? Any, any Anything what you can share on that? Um, we see lots of um, projects currently that start within the company because someone tells them that they can do stuff easily by themselves they can get started um, it's the whole selling point of the power platform microsoft keeps saying it's easy you can do it by yourself and they start projects and it works out pretty fine for emails and let's extract uh, attachments and put it on sharepoint the small parts work then they get super interested and they start some bigger work they start some work that's more towards enterprise type of applications that becomes a little bit yeah. bigger and then they have issues with um, ALM, application lifecycle management, with um, uh, things like, uh, well, it's built on one environment. Now it has to go in production. I don't want to make changes on my dev thing and put it in production. All of that is becoming a problem. Um, so the derogatory clickety-click is possible for them. Like they can create their forms, they can create their Canvas apps, they can create all of that, but then the bigger problems start. Um, things like performance in a Canvas app, it's a big thing. It's not easy. And if it's just one form, pretty okay. If you build a bigger application and you are not aware what you need to do on App Start or when you have to fetch your data sources or when you don't fetch your data sources, um, the amount of components on a page, the amount of components in an app, all of those limitations, that's where the education, the guidance and the help of a skilled yeah. partner um, is still very much welcome. As well as the... Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, sounds, it's, it sounds a lot like... Uh, everybody goes through this. I don't know if you know the. I think it's the either the adoption curve or like you know you like yeah. you see a thing like hey I can do things and then you do things and then you kind of are like I can do everything with that and then the more you do like oh but now I need to know about as you say performance scale and all topics that are really IT topics and these aren't IT folks right so yeah. how how do you see them experience that or like once they realize that like. Oh my God! Now, now I need to now I need to become IT person because I have this awesome idea in my head, and it feels like I can do it, but somehow it doesn't work. And then they kind of become aware of all the different topics. So, how do they experience that? Well, they experience it as of someone lied to them 
that it's not all possible. <laughs> like they're sold a lie. It's the first thing. Like we were able to achieve so much. Microsoft said that we could achieve everything, but now it's super big and it's becoming super complex and we can't achieve it anymore with Power Platform. So there's this kind of dip, like is Power Platform still the right technology? Yeah. Um, but they made an investment. They have the licensing. They have the premium licensing. It costs a significant amount of money. So they go into the market, find a partner, and we try to convince them that yes, you can still do all of what you want to do with Power Platform, but it requires a different approach. Um, and that's the, the second thing or the last thing uh, where the partner opportunity is. It's not just guiding of your um, business users, but it's also guiding of IT. Because most of all, right. first of all, it's the business goes complaint to IT, like we did a lot of things on Power Platform. And now you, dear IT, have to take it over because <laughs> we can manage that and all of that, right? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we can't do this anymore. So we yeah. decided as a business that Power Platform is our thing. IT had nothing to do with it in most cases because business uh -huh. has the credit card lately. So they buy the licenses, they buy the stuff, and then they're hitting the limit that business can achieve because of not being IT. So then they go to IT and they go like, boom, it's now yours. They hand it over. Right. Which would, which will be at then an in, interesting internal politics and a challenge and and fights and all of that stuff. Yeah. Now and then you get along, but and how do we avoid third, that? Yeah, so, that's the third part where a partner can come in. The fusion dev thing. Well, yeah. Microsoft has been coining the term hashtag fusion dev uh, for a long time now, um, which is basically educating both IT as well as business users on what are the best practices. Yeah. Um, and on the side of business users, it's more like, um, this is where your work stops. Like if you're very IT, you can continue on, but this should be your focus. And on the terms of IT side would be, yeah, this is what, where you still play a value in terms of power platform. Right. So from a, if, if you think about how do we avoid this problem, is that really the, the solution is communications more clearly and not marketing driven and kind of yeah. kind of quite often I, I guess it's fair to say that marketing is quite often white lies you know a bit of exaggerating things and all of that because that's well, part of the the thing so should we be then should microsoft or sh well maybe that's a partner opportunity to be also educating uh, the customers to be more aware on the limitations but of course microsoft should be more clear on them as well it's it's important to the initial conversations or the initial marketing messages that Microsoft put out is now everyone can build things. And that's, well, let's call it a white lie. Um, you can achieve a lot, even if you're non-technical, drag and drop, all of that. But the first marketing messages, and it's still kind of marketing as well, that IT is not involved, but that's not true. You still need people with an IT background because Power Platform still uses a lot of IT concepts like ALM, environment management, environment strategy, uh, DLP, data loss prevention, all of that yeah. is things that are inherently IT based, uh, concepts that yeah. we're in IT much more used to than that the business is used to. And Microsoft is excluding IT from their messaging a lot. I find for Power Platform, not for Dynamics, but for like the the Power Platform, just build a Canvas app 
uh, drag and drop, build your Power Automate flow. It's just drag and drop. That's like kind of ignoring the important parts that IT can still play. Um, there's not enough focus on the fact that uh, Power Platform also has developer opportunity, like the the pro code uh, type of thing. Um, it's more, if you're in there, there's still messaging, but it's like under snowed of how easy the Power Platform is, um, I find. Um, and uh, as a partner opportunity, communication is the thing. I do this session with, with Luisa Freza around Fusion Dev, and it's one of the things that we always say is like for the first parts of IT, IT at the budget, and they just created the application and said to business, here it is, be happy with it. I know we have a problem. We created this solution. This is what you get. This is it. It evolved. Uh, well, business was unhappy. Um, so business was unhappy because they did not get the solution that they wanted. Uh, like budgets shifted. And now it's like um, uh, business has the money. And now IT is a little bit unhappy and uh, scared about the fact that uh, business is doing things in their IT environment that's not totally controlled. So IT yeah. is a little bit frustrated. Now I feel with Power Platform, this is where both parties should leave their frustrations behind and start communicating to each other what each value, what each of them could bring to the table, what the value could be for each of them, and see the positive sides of the power uh, yeah. as a whole. And um, it's important that we stress that in terms of proper communication. I see sometimes uh, fusion dev sessions around um, when it's personal productivity, it's all freedom. But at some point, the thing becomes too complex and then it's an IT project and then you get quality. I find that a very wrong perception. IT projects are not always quality and, um, <laughs> you, sh and, you, and you should not. Uh, and it's not a... Um, a thing that if it's personal productivity, then what you have built there, that it's not quality. Um, yep. So that's the thing. And it's also not a, a hard line. Um, Fusion Dev is about bringing them together, not so much as we go to this point and then we throw the whole thing over to the IT side. That's yep. not it. It's both parties have a very, very valuable contribution to a project, even when it's complex and you need IT, you also need the business. Let them build yeah. their own UI, but with your proper guidance. So that's but, a. And that this is a good reminder once again that IT is is more about people and communication rather than technology and and finding yeah. where the technology can. It help. always was you right. I mean, cannot, there, was, there was never a time that it wasn't right. Sure, but it it's it quite often people forget about the fact that it's it's not about people. It's about technology and and all of that. And it it's much more important. Is the people communication and everything else? Because again, what you're describing is something which I saw when I was still working as a consultant quite often, where you business, see? which already at the time had the money, and then as you said, they they invested, and then they took the mental mindset quite often, even in a leadership level uh, in certain organizations, was like, okay, so we invested already at this amount of money on this, um, and we've got this far. Okay, IT, take it and and make it even better. It's like an IT organization. It's like, well, but. You never told us that you're even doing this. How could this, we? Yeah. What? Ah. It's a weird thing, right? How did it evolve that a company has like seven, eight departments that yeah. have to work together to get it working, um, to get anything done, but that IT is always the one that's like 
outside left yeah it's like yes. not no communication is it the it department that does not communicate or the seven other departments that do not find the it department i do not know where yeah. that comes from but it's the same thing like product development and marketing like if you want to get your product out you have to talk to marketing and tell them what you what Absolutely. your product is, what you want, what you want to be marketed, and they will make the marketing thing and they come back to you and say, like, redesign this, do you like it? And there's a communication. And in terms of IT, it seems like the communication is always problematic in some yeah. way. Well, I but I, I think uh, at the end of the day, I think it's humans, right? So the moment you involve another org with different priorities, ideas, you will get, um, I wouldn't say the resentment, but you will get uh, friction, right? Because they will have their own ideas about, hey, you want to build something. Well, it has to be DLP, uh, CI, CD. It has to be all of that. Whereas you could make a point, well, maybe there is a different way to think about it where in different scope, like if I'm building an app for myself, maybe I don't need everything. Maybe, you know, defaults that I get from platform around DLP security, maybe that is already enough. Maybe once we reach the limit of, hey, we're building something for our team, our org, once you get that limit, then, then you start thinking like, hey, we maybe, may, maybe scale becomes an argument then, right? And maybe yeah. that's something that we need to be ahead of. But if the reaction to anything you say is, hey, we want to do this. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, we have to do the list. And, and then you get exactly that. Like, you know what? Let's not talk to these guys because it's hard. They make it things complicated yeah. let's That's do it ship right? it yeah yeah it is a department of no like i want yeah. to do this no there's no money there's no time we don't do this we have a list of stuff to take into account it yeah. is a department of no and that's probably what drives this schism between the two but it's unfortunate i feel like for power platform we it's a partner opportunity to bring them back together exactly um, that's what i've it's a, it's that is a, the consulting uh, let's say opportunity is to be there and making sure that there is the right level of plan but are we are we seeing customers already being mature enough related on power platform is relatively new um and uh, are they mature enough on understanding that they should have the rules of the game defined for their company is that something what you're offering from Trio Company as an example, or is it something what it's realized kind of an afterthought after the first, let's say, debate? Um, IT knows because they want to organize this. They're still scared of Power Platform a little bit. Um, yeah. It's what I see. Uh, business does not know. They just see the easy way of building applications without having IT involved. Um, what we see is that currently we're always late. I'm we rarely see that we get to a customer before they have started with Power Platform. They have, and it's not necessarily a bad thing um, because they have experience now, they see what's possible, what they cannot achieve, and then they come to us. Um, but it's almost never that we go like, okay, you're now here, you're mature on Microsoft 365 and on Dynamics, let's maybe introduce Power Platform to you and involve you. In yep. most cases, they have done it already. They have hit the limitations. They see the opportunity because Microsoft keeps telling them that this is the future. Um, they see that they cannot find skilled, trained, uh, educated IT people anymore. Yep. So they're like, we have to make a change. So we let's give this loco thing a chance. And then we enter when things are going south. 
Um, yep, right. When it's becoming problematic, when they hit scale limits, when they have like a, a data breach or permissions were not set correctly or stuff like that. At that point, people start seeing applications they should not be seeing, stuff like that. No big things, no like leakage across well, the Well, data breach is kind of big. Yeah, but 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 inside the company, I mean, it's like right. uh, yeah, yeah. an HR application that's like we moved it into production, and apparently now everyone can do this in that application. We noticed after three weeks. Ah, okay, let's maybe not do this um, before yeah. we put more confidential stuff in there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we see. Yeah. Um, and to what extent do you see issue? Because like one thing that is interesting, being a partner. I can imagine that one of your big focus area is to stay up to date with all of the advancements, announcements, what's coming, how it works, what it's for, and so forth and so on. Business users don't do that because they're skilled in their kind of work, and yet they are the one who build apps. So how do you see that part? How do they stay up to date? Do they, or is it more like they've seen or they have something they want to do, they internet search, they find something kind of, you know, stack overflow thing. I go there, copy, paste, it works, I'm done. Whereas like, no, 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 it's not as simple as that. So how do you see that? Well, that's the thing as well from an IT side. We're always, it has to be done perfectly. But maybe for a low-code platform, it does not have to be done in the best way. If it helps increase the productivity two times for that business person and they created it themselves and they have the good feeling because they created their application and their productivity is uh, already up with, with 200%. Why does it have to be 400% when you do it the actual proper way with the newest thing? We have to let that go as well. It does not right. always have to be like the super thing. Um, they are building their applications that IT do not have to build. They're happy with it. It, uh, it works for them. That should be enough. Um, They don't need to. Yeah, it's this classic term of what we've been using in this show quite a few times. It's good enough IT is is growing actually. So so because again, it it wasn't the case like ten years ago. There was risk rules and these are the things and these are the policies and everything else. But now we're more and more like fifteen years ago actually. But we're more and more saying, well, I click a button, it works. What's the problem? And it's like, well, if it provides value, it works. So. It works, it provides value, it increases productivity, and preferably it adheres to the baseline rules of IT. Yes. Then, like the security and the stuff is covered, you don't have breaches or anything. Why not? Yeah. Does it have to be exactly. more performant? It could be, it doesn't have to be. Could yeah. it be done better? Potentially, but if it works for you, why does it necessarily need to be better? And that's yeah. the point where I feel like there's also the partner opportunity. Once they're running, we can start helping them. Like, okay, you did it like this, great job. Now, if we do it like this or this, we can make it better. And that's the challenge for sure um, to stay up to date. We're only 10 people in my company. We cover Microsoft 365 and Power Platform. And we have like developers that have to put stuff on Azure. So we have to kind of be aware of a lot of things. Everything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that's not easy for sure. And Microsoft is not making it easy for us um, either. Um, so many different blog platforms, so many different places where stuff gets announced, so many different mediums to find yeah. your stuff. 
Yeah, related on that one, I guess we are being conscious about the time as well. I want to do three top lists with you, and and these are questions for you. So so one of the top, I'm going to explain you the top list first, and then we can have a discussion on on what you're thinking, so that you know what they are, um, because you're. You can start mm -hmm. thinking the next one as you're talking the first one. That's how human mind works. The first one being, um, how do you stay up to date? And kind of what are the tips on that? The second being, you've actually built a successful uh, company um, as a growing as a kind of a from a small group to people first and then growing that to be a partner consulting software development company system integrator in, in Microsoft 365 Power Platform. What are the tips for anybody who's looking into doing that? That's NDA. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one, which is also actually really interesting as well, because because you you never are afraid of providing Microsoft feedback, but it, it's good to actually have that discussion as well. What would be the tips for Microsoft, the things which we should be improving to make life of you as an MVP or so, as a partner uh, better, or as a customer better? So okay. those would be the three kind of. Uh, and we only have two. Two minutes left, so <laughs> you can really go in depth. Yeah. I'll yeah. be, I'll be short. No, first of all, sure. how do I stay? How do? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know me. I'll be able to do it short. No. Um. First of all, how do I stay up to date? It's a challenge for sure. But I, I wrote a blog post about it uh, a while ago. It's still very relevant. I do uh, a lot of blogs and RSS feeds. Um. Just let it drop in. I scan titles. I see which titles are interesting, and then I read the uh, blog post itself. Um, most of all, I have a good memory. If I've read a blog post title, I can remember that I've read something, something about something, something. So at yeah. some point when it comes up, we need to do with this. I have like, I remember Waldeck writing something about this topic, so let me find it again and then see yeah. where it goes. Um, yeah. So that helps. Um, I listen to some podcasts. It's less than before uh, COVID because I drive less to the office. I used yeah. to listen to podcasts uh, when commuting. Um, so that's a thing. And well, scale helps. Um, we now have a second MVP in our company, Carmen Eiswein, um business yeah. applications MVP. She does the covers like part of that. So that helps. She can share it. Um, and we build a community, basically. The fact that we're active in community and that there are now people going, I know what you do with your company. This might be interesting of you. There are people yeah. that are randomly sending me stuff that I should look into. Like, this is interesting. So that helps. Um, um, or we discussed this at an event uh, three months ago, and now this shows up. Maybe it's a solution. So that's a way to keep up to date. Um, yeah. For sure. And I think that what you said related on scale and Carmen being there, and that's that's probably one of the things which relates on the next discussion as well, as in growing the business, which is learning to trust the other people as well. So not just being like, no, 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 no. I, I, if we want to grow and scale, I, need to I know. need to trust the other person to be the specialist because yes. you cannot be that. So. Yeah, I can. I cannot do that anymore. I tweeted yesterday, like the Power Platform handle uh, asked um, about if you're stuck with your Canvas apps, where do you go? Right? I know. Yeah, well, I know where to go now. I'll go to Carmen because I have no clue about exactly. Canvas apps. Exactly. I don't. I can talk a good game about them, but that's about it. If you hand me the Power App Studio, I'm lost. I can't. I can't build an app. That's just yeah. what it is. 
She yep. does that. That's what she covers. She covers Power Virtual Agents. I have never done that. That's just a thing. I can talk a good game about it, but that's different. Um, yep. You have to find good people in your company. That's, the, uh, of course, a thing. Um, preferably people that like to stay up to date and learn with uh, changing, uh, like learn to keep up with changing technologies and want to do that. That's important. Yep. And you have to trust them to do their work and to like it and to uh, do their best thing because you cannot control everyone. You cannot follow it up. And the second thing we always forget, but I want to be um, like, I want to make sure that nothing depends on me in this company yeah. uh, in terms of knowledge, in terms of where to find things. There should not be anything only in my head. And in terms of uh, processes that have to happen, I should not be the one, uh, the only one. Um, so in other words, you have intranet. We have intranet, of course. <laughs> we have we have knowledge sharing, but it's also a whole lot of things that we we forget always when building a company. Automate, yep. automate, automate. There are yep. things that you should only that maybe I, as a business owner, only do three times a month. But if I can make sure that this happens automatically three yep. times a month, it's a thing I don't have to think about anymore. Yep. And yep. that's also super. Like I only we're ten, ten people. I only have to buy let's say three or four laptops a year, but that's four laptops a year that have to be configured, adhere to policies and standards. I'm not yep. an Intune MVP and not, we don't do this like hardware management, but I did set up Windows Autopilot just to make sure that when the computer is opened, I don't have to deal with that anymore. I click together some policies and they're applied on the computer. Yeah, All of that is super important to make sure that I can still do what I want, being involved in technology, instead of making sure that all the admin stuff is done, which I hate. I, so. I think even though the, the, what you said is related on not being a single point of failure or single point of connections and single point of connection things, is it, that actually applies to many, many things as well, because that's that's been my working guidance related on all of the community stuff, what we're doing, trying to get away. That's from very me. interesting coming from you, who is <laughs> yeah. I'm trying Without to get rid of being the central human switch connection board. switch for it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Sure, I get that. People do ping and people do. But, it, but the problem is that if you are being the person, then every game that gets stuck on you, you'll be the bottleneck. And that's a problem. What if but there is happens? a Yeah, there is a difference on being the human switchboard and being the human answer, like the knowledge base. Like yeah, I, can be the, I can be the switchboard, I cannot be the endpoint. You can yeah. ask me and I'll direct you to the correct people or to the correct blog post or anything so that next time you will be able to find those people yourself. So yeah. all of that is there. So that's one thing. Um, the switchboard, that's okay. Being the endpoint and the only one responsible, that's a problem. Um, yeah. So that it doesn't scale, right? It doesn't scale. Yeah. I don't scale. Yeah. I have eight hours in a working day at a limit, 24 wow. hours a day. Only eight hours. That's cool. Yeah. I, <laughs> this is what I say because my uh, my team is listening, right? So I only I also up, you have a cup of pine needle tea. Yeah, <laughs> goes so, yes. I started. I'm like the startup thing. I do 4 a.m. Uh, I wake up and then I go one yoga. hour to the gym and then yoga and the <laughs> mental thing. No, I sleep because that's uh, important. Sleeping no, is uh, important. Absolutely. So all of that. Um, so that's the thing. You cannot be the 
endpoint of things. Yeah. You cannot be the yeah. only one that knows stuff that can organize stuff. Uh, that's not possible. So that's yeah. one thing. Um, and then the 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 last thing. Um, so the third point on your list was about Microsoft. I can't yeah. remember. How can we improve? Yeah, so sorry, we're out missing? of time, so, so we, need to, we, need, we, need, we need to close. Um, <laughs> I will do the Microsoft one really sorry, quickly. Sorry, I'm heading to a tunnel. Uh, no, oh, you no, can see yeah, me. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm always very, very open with my feedback because I feel like I do this in a respect. I'm direct, but I do this in a respective way. I yep. never diss the pers person that built this, um, uh, build a feature. I disagree with the feature. Maybe, but I don't disagree with, with the people. Like the people did their best, uh, took their yep. approach. I'm just giving my opinion on that functionality. Um, and I hope that it helps. Some product groups um, appreciate it, some less. But I still give my feedback. It's what it is. Um, this yep. is me. It's open. It's a cultural thing as well, right? Um, so partly. Partly. There is, in Belgium, we're, we're holding back, but I feel like it's part of my responsibility as both a partner and MVP. Like you gave yep. me this award, you gave me this opportunity. If I'm only the one that goes like, woohoo, thank you for that feature always. Echo chamber. Yeah. Yep. Why? Like yeah. if I don't like it, I could go quiet. That's an option. Or I could just say it. And I decided that saying it is giving more value even if you yeah. don't go. That's how you it. can change it. Because otherwise Microsoft doesn't know about it. And yes, yeah. sure. Calling somebody's baby potentially ugly, even though you don't use those words. But but again, the perception might be on the other side that oh, yeah. you're calling my baby ugly. And Which it is always there, there's a counter reaction. Exactly. But yeah. there's that might be the feeling. But that's part of the being, let's say, a bit more experienced and and a bit more grow a, grow a thing. What is a thick yeah. uh, skin, so that people actually you get that feedback, even though it might be negative, but in a constructive way. And you yeah. are for sure providing constructive feedback. It's, it's, it's what I try to do. And then in terms of getting all of what could Microsoft improve is there are some things that are from the outside looking very weird because Microsoft is one company. Um, you have this SharePoint framework thing for client-side development, for example. And it, oh, boy, it's going... Coming. Yeah, it, brace, goes like, brace, brace. it goes like super great and it's 1.15 is coming out and, and all of that thing and version one was not the best and it grew from one to 1.15 and you made a lot of improvements and then not so long ago on the business application side they did the Power Apps component framework which is also a front-end tooling thing and the version one that came out there was like doing all the things wrong that SharePoint framework also did wrong and I'm yeah. like how is that possible you're one freaking company and you do two client-side ways of building things. Um, SharePoint has modern pages, which is a nice concept, and Dynamics is evolving and is also doing like modern forms, and they're not using the same technology. You have um, uh, Power Apps pages, Power pages now, the yeah. Power Apps portal thingy that's getting new uh, editor. It's getting modern pages. Awesome. But it's not using the same technology as what SharePoint had for five years already, or not an yeah. evolution of it. So it's it's feeling sometimes like teams are not talking to each other. And for the, for the outside, it's like... Drink. But it's Microsoft. <laughs> so that's yeah. the thing. It is, and, yes. And that's that's the thing that I would like to see improved. Um, and and from the development side, there's a thing that that's um, uh, clear as well is 
on Azure, it looks like there's someone at the top that's more guiding it, that all of Azure is feeling the same from a developer perspective. All the SDKs feel the same way, they're built the same way. On the side of Microsoft 365 and Dynamics 365, seems like every PM, it's not real, but every feature PM or like principal PM that owns multiple features can kind of do their own thing. And it gets released in the first version and then they go like, oh, but there's something like that that should have been okay. So the next version gets closer to it and then closer, but it's like the overarching feeling of development is not super great. Teams does it differently than SharePoint does it, than Power Platform does it. It's a it's a bit of a mess for both customers and partners to get around. So yep. that is something that I hope that at some point someone brings together uh, more closely. And APIs. Yep. I just have to mention it. APIs should be there on the day that your feature gets released. Not a day after, not a month after, not three months after. They should be there on day one. I like what you built, but for sure, I want to extend it on day two of your uh, release. Because that that's again the partner opportunity and partner ecosystem. Well, that that that's partner ecosystem at least personally is is really my big focus area to obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like quite often not everybody in Microsoft understands the power of the partner ecosystem, which actually then as long as we provide the extensibility option, they amplify the base product and base services what Microsoft has on top of, and then they say, oh, by the way, we're also having this feature on top of this, but you have to have that whatever base product is. Given that you, yeah, given that you depend on partners to get your products sold in a large part, we kind of need the APIs as well. I, yes. I keep saying, like, two of my favorite things are, does it have an API? And um, if your feature does not have an API, it might as well not exist for yeah. me. Like, I cannot do anything with it. I can propose it to a customer, but I my, my thing is always, there's a but. There is no extensibility. It's like, you could do this. Microsoft offers this. It's super nice, but it has these limitations. And then they go like, but can you build something on top? And I go, no because it has not, does not have an API. Yeah. And yeah. that's, the, it's not helping my conversation. Yep. Driving right. adoption. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's because my as, three as things. you drive adoption, it's a win-win for us and you. That's yes. the thing, so. Yes, so that's my thing. That's my three things, three opinions on, uh, on your list. Cool. That was really good, and and I guess we are over time on the time yeah. as well. So it's better to <laughs> you might have Let's wrap up. another meeting yeah. uh, as well. So, <laughs> but thank you, Yannick. Uh, really cool discussion, and it's always great to have a discussion with you because again, you you have a nice set of experience from multiple aspects and areas, and, and it's good to get your plant uh, and straightforward feedback on the things that we do. So, and again, you're welcome. Even though we're we're kind of making fun out of that um, uh, here or in Twitter and social media, everybody in general in Microsoft appreciates that appreciate that a lot. Uh, it's it's super critical for us. Everything what we build is being built for partners and customers. And so we need to understand what works and what doesn't work. Um, and the worst case scenario, people are maybe in conferences or in a bar after the work, they're telling, yeah, if they would only do blah, blah, blah. Please tell us, tell us, mm-hmm. tell us. And yeah. even though after five years you've been telling us and we still haven't done that, give us time. We're trying. Keep on repeating. It's it's not that it's unheard. It's just every now it and then there time. are asks. 
all, yeah, and again, like it, it comes down to everybody involved is human, right? So yes. one person brings up the feedback, the other one, well, should at least acknowledge, we hear you. Maybe we cannot do it directly now, but we hear you, we get it, we understand yes. why. Yes. We, we have to see what's that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have to be aware of the fact that you're also a product company and it's not super easy to hit on every feedback and not it's not because i provide this feedback that this is the sentiment in the market but i at least i say this and if three other people say it then maybe exactly. something changes so exactly. i learned that it while we complain a lot uh between mvps we learned as well that the only way that something changes is to tell you because otherwise it's, it makes no sense oh, so it's always good to hear that you yeah. appreciate it because it yeah. sometimes I mean, feels it like we're nah, just yeah, negative. I mean, it might feel it might feel like a complaint, but it only is a complaint when it's meant as a complaint. And with that, mm -hmm. I mean, if it's constructive, right? Like if it's if it's on the point, if it's not just saying this doesn't work, but it doesn't work. Why? Because I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z. So if there's the background, the context, the business case, it's not a complaint. Right at that point, it becomes um a, a critique like it makes it makes it's on point right yeah. it's feedback that we can do something with as opposed to somebody saying this is crap. it does not work this, this yeah. is crap it exactly. does not work yeah, yeah which like, is what i try not to do and then it's all yeah. but it still feels like i sometimes go only that direction and then um it's good to hear that at least it's appreciated because it's not yeah. always easy to Definitely do that is. and yeah. um so, and thank you for having me again on the show. Uh, it's always Absolutely. lovely to have a call with both of you. So um, yeah, thank, you. thank you for having we'll, me. We'll get you back. <laughs> Absolutely. So, in, in 70 more episodes, right? Who <laughs> yeah, like knows? <laughs> but thank you, Yannick, on that one. And then we'll uh, jump with the weekly articles with Walek uh, right from here. But um, thank you. And, and please Welcome, follow Yannick you. on Twitter. He has a lot of opinions. <laughs> I do. On I'm everything. Other things. <laughs> yeah. Thank Everybody. you very much. Bye. Excellent. Thank you, Yannick, one more time. A really, really nice discussion and good to catch up as well. Um, always good to have your input and, and feedback is always welcome, not only, for, only from Yannick, uh, also from everybody else in this community. As, as mentioned, as we close with Yannick, is then we build all of these services and uh, services for our customers and partners. So it's super, 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 super important that you will let us know if something works, something doesn't work, um, we want to know about it. Um, and and fair, good reminder as well. So, of course, most of the feedback what we're getting is always, always, always kind of a negative. But if every now and then you're sneaking a positive feedback, um, you probably people will be a bit more happier as well because it's, it's, there's a lot of people working on building these capabilities. And in many cases, it might be that they even know that there's a bit of a gap or there's a things which we need to do later. So, but they have to ship it and there's a first version and a second version and journey. So having a Positive feedback for people who make videos and share products and share their knowledge is always positive. Right, Valdek? Yes. The, the only thing is, so speaking about that, how would people who, let's say, they're not MVPs, how would they pass that feedback to us? Oh, good question. Let me think. All no, 900, um, Vesa. <laughs> no, 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 no. So um, we have... <laughs> 
Don't call them. Don't send me messages. Come on. So we do have a, a um, so sending an individual messages to say, hey, you're, you're doing great. Your something was cool and all of that. That's a positive for a individual person. The challenge of that one is that that individual person doesn't necessarily can, that person cannot necessarily influence on the actual product because the feedback is not coming through on a channels which would be in metrics or which would be in the process. So in the best case scenario, we, we always want to have the feedback from Microsoft feedback portals. UNA, QA. QA is for questions, feedback portals is for the for collecting of the yep. inputs. Uh, and then that would be the official channel because again, the whole point of that one is that if one person is asking the same thing and another one, another one, another one, and we get more people asking we get votes and therefore it ranks higher on the list and then that drives the prioritization. Sending a, a angry message on somebody, don't you get it and you should be doing X and Y and say, not constructive, not helpful. Uh, so using those official channels is always good. But then at the same time, if you want to have positive feedback for somebody who's doing great uh, or, or somebody, if you know a PM who implemented a cool feature in Teams and they're in social media, Try to send them the message and do that even openly and, and, and give them feedback. Because again, those things do matter. We are all humans. So idea is all yeah. about human human business. And and having that positive, let's say, goodwill going forward is that has a massive impact um, on people's yeah, lives. But that's just so. that's not even the IT. It's just you're everything. dealing with like everything, all of that is built yes. by people. Surprise, yeah. surprise, right? So, yeah. so exactly. yes, at the end of the day, there's a person on the other side and they exactly. would definitely appreciate someone saying, hey, this works, this is cool, yep. it helps me. Yep, yep, yeah. It's be thankful, to say thank you, be polite, all of that stuff in anything what you do. Anyway, so let's jump on the articles of this week. So let me share my screen. I need to figure out my screen numbers got switched a uh, while back as I'm still trying to figure out which screen is which screen. So too many screens. I only have one, so how, how what is your productivity if you only have one screen? You need to have more. It's Come called on. focus. It's called focus. Come I'm doing on. one more thing screens. at a time. Four screens. It's I'm right doing twenty five things in the same time. So that's why I don't get yeah, anything. None done. Of them done, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 story of my life. Anyway, so let's actually go into the article. So well, uh, let me start in here. I'm trying to calculate. Actually, yeah, I should start here because there's the one from my side as well. So uh, we had, again, the monthly summary from Microsoft Teams organization around what is the latest and greatest announcements in the Microsoft Teams uh, in May 2022. Kind of a recap on what was announced in the last month and what's rolling out. And these are worth of gold because they list in all of the cool feed new features which are available uh, around the Microsoft Teams um, improvements. And and I think this is one of the things that people have been missing quite a long time. Now that we've been thinking about this pandemic time, two years, and people didn't necessarily have the right lighting and everything else, but now you can actually adjust uh, brightness and everything else directly in the broadcast. And that's actually really cool. So you don't necessarily need to have a bright light, bright light pointing on you. You can adjust the brightness using artificial intelligence automatically when it's streamed on the other side. It's it's pretty mind-blowing when I think about it. So It is, it is. Technology is amazing. Keep on being amazed on this stuff. But there's a lot of, lot of, we're not going to deep dive all of this, but we're heading to this direction where we will have multiple windows available in, in Teams, which certainly will increase productivity. So you can actually have a meeting window open at the same time as you're doing something else on the other side. Um, and you can have chat with the third window if needed. Uh, is that increasing productivity, Walter? 
I think for you it is. Like you can have a different chat on every screen and you're just like, what, <laughs> who am I talking to? I'm hearing someone. Where is this coming from? <laughs> yes, where is the sound coming? That happens, by Who's the way, talking? when you when <laughs> in browser, it's pretty annoying when you put too many tabs on yeah, and yeah. you're like, I can hear the sound. Which, which tab? Which, which tab which, is which called? Tab is it? <laughs> Luckily, nowadays the tabs at least have the sound indicator, so you don't. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's relatively new thing. That wasn't the case in the past. Anyway, a lot of new devices, a lot of cool stuff available uh, in the Microsoft Teams, and really great summary. So do look on that one, do catch up uh, on what's happening there. Now, then we had a blog post related and more ways of collaborating seamlessly outside of your organization with Microsoft Teams. Exactly, right? So many of us, I wouldn't say all, but many of us are on Teams and we work in Teams. And oftentimes, it's not just within our own org, right? We work together with others, with other companies, partners, and so forth and so on. And now we have these new abilities to work more easily with others inside Teams. So in other words, less switching back and forth, tenants and accounts and all of that, you can stay within your own tenant and work more easily with others. So we have new options to work with guests, external users to manage the access, in Teams and AAD. So if that applies to you, you will definitely appreciate these new options. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way. And this is kind of a summary on the options and settings and configurations and all of that's one related on that. And of course, all of this is optional. Just have to call that out as well. You do not need to share access to your Teams if you don't want to. It's a organizational decision. Of course. We are not forcing anything. So. And then we had a, a, um, a quick update related on our continuous work on the performance enhancements, not on the Microsoft Teams side, uh, which of course is intended to lead for faster response time. So um, every now and then Teams seems to be a bit of a slow here and there, and we're, there's a continuous um, investments and to make the teams faster and faster. And these are latest numbers related on the improvements of making things faster and faster and faster. Um, we as a Microsoft employees, we, we, we have this luxury and not luxury of actually being the, the first line of a defense and candidates for testing all of this stuff. So um, every now and then things go forward, every now and then things go backwards, but then we release the stuff which goes forward. So faster and faster. So. Exactly. I mean, it's better us than everyone else, right? Absolutely. I, I'd rather Absolutely. be the person who takes the first hit. I was like, hey, yes. people, like this update doesn't work. There is telemetry that checks how it is for us internally. And if things yeah. are bad, we stop, we readjust, and then do another round so that the customers who pay for that have really good experience. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great way of, and then that basically teaches us to get the hit because people learn when they get a bit bit of a hit on the ah painful and you remember that if you were the one who caused that small pain for yourself or the organization maybe not do that again so you know yeah. better ask than <laughs> customers that was a pretty polite way of saying something anyway so um then we had a a new blog post on the microsoft viva blog related on what's new in the viva learning so viva learning is moving into this monthly uh, updates as well which is great viva learning is heading to ga and there's going to be api services on that on that as well we already have them scheduled on the community call on the microsoft 365 platform community calls uh, within a few weeks if i remember correctly um, but this again a nice summary on on all of the latest features and capabilities which are available related on viva learning um, and how they're being surfaced across the Microsoft 365. Now I'm realizing that I calculated that's still wrong somehow magically. 
Oh, you took two <laughs> two articles in a row. Doesn't Did matter. Did I? Doesn't Did matter. I? Yes. Yeah, so now I, you can take third one. You know, you I'm, I'm the silent fan. You'll do a tree. It is. Yes. Yes. I am the silent It is your article. So. Yes. It is you. Well, what is, have yeah. you done this time? What have <laughs> <laughs> So, and just to be clear, I'm just the writer of this article. So there's a big, big, big uh, group of PMs and engineers uh, actually behind of SharePoint Framework. I'm just uh, the, what was it? We used the term in just, uh, yesterday in the call. I'm just a face. So, um, not a pretty face, I'm just a face. So, uh, who writes uh, stuff and communicates some things. But uh, we released a new version of 1.15 on the SharePoint framework and it's a release candidate. Uh, so, it's basically super close already on the GA version. Uh, we are looking into releasing the GA version. I'm watching the calendar. I, I don't want to promise a date. Within oh, uh, weeks, seems to be a Tuesday for now, but let's see. Uh, it might a be a, a Wednesday, but we're talking about weeks rather than months. But we, we are looking into doing that by end of June. So you can kind of figure out then how it's going to happen. So it's one of the Tuesdays coming Tuesdays, but it might be skipping to Wednesday or Thursday as well. So who knows? What's new? What's new in one fifteen so that everybody should be excited about? The, the newest really... Really, the kind of a big thing is is the form customizer. So basically, you can customize the the list and library forms in a content type level. So whenever uh, you click open an item, as in if that item is a specific content type and there's a specific component associated to render the UX of that content type, it will render that uh, functionality rather than the out of the box behavior. So which is really really cool. Um, we look, we have a tutorial up on this uh, on this already. It already works in the product in the development and into production with 1.15 RC release candidate. Then we also have the Microsoft JavaScript SDK v3 support. Uh, you will by def uh, explicitly need to request the v3. We cannot by default upgrade everything to v3 because that would be a breaking change for any existing component which is using the previous version. So basically Speaking in the code. Of, of which, yeah, when you do, you should upgrade to v3 because Absolutely, between you the v1 be that was released four or five years back and yes. v3, the team behind the SDK has been tremendous better. amount of changes and improvements for yeah. you to benefit from. You just need to choose, opt-in basically to use yeah. the V3. So exactly. definitely exactly. keep that in mind. But again, we wouldn't be, would not be able to do that as a default entry because that would be a breaking change for any existing code. So therefore, you need to call it out in the code. Uh, actually, in the code, uh, oh, I didn't have the code example in here. Um, so I have the code example in here because I wrote it, this one as well. Thank you, uh, Alex Terentiev, for helping on, on some of this stuff as well. But that's how you actually say that I want to have a version 3. And then, of course, you can now assume that we'll have a support for version 4, 5, 6, and whatever comes in the future as well using the same model. So, which is kind of pretty cool. cool. And then a new version of TypeScript is being supported, 4.5. Uh, it's support, we already moved now ESLint 8.3 rather than the deprecated TSLint and numerous other improvements as well. So there's a big list of uh, updates and fixes um, and improvements, uh, which are based on the input from the issue list. So please, please, please keep the feedback coming. You are the one who help us to be, to address those things which are, which should be addressed. English is so hard. That made made kind of sense, did it? Kind of. Yes, maybe. <laughs> now let's move to the next article. <laughs> exactly. So there has been changes in the Insights API on the Microsoft Graph, and it says breaking changes, but there are breaking changes on the beta endpoint. So the V1, like no, 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 we're not breaking anybody in 
in production, that is break change in preview. So if you use the preview APIs, you will need to adjust your, your code. And this article explains what has changed. Yep. And a similar kind of news also on the billing changes and APIs. Exactly. So, so for APIs uh, around, around the messages in Teams, there is also a change regarding billing, right? So if you use that API, again, check this out. These are the Teams messages APIs on Microsoft Graph. Yep. Really, really cool stuff as well. So kind of a implied that there was a, would be a deprecation here. No, no, no. This is upcoming billing changes for Microsoft Graph APIs for Teams messages. So please check those out if you're using those APIs. So be up to date on how they actually work. Now, uh, we also had a new blog post uh, by Sohil Apala uh, in the Microsoft 365 platform community blog where you can, by the way, contribute. So if you wouldn't have your own blog or you want to do a cross-posting and both uh, options are completely fine, uh, you can post in here and then we promote these posts uh, in the community channels. But uh, Sohil had a blog post related on build your own Microsoft Teams using Microsoft Craft Toolkit and .NET Core API and integrate using web components. Now, why would you create your own Microsoft Teams? Well, not necessarily, but would you be interested on integrating Microsoft Teams to your application? Have a chat, something in your application. That sounds quite interesting as well. So he, this is a, yeah. a story around that one and, and what are the capabilities and how we can implement that kind of an integration. So really, really cool stuff and a great blog post and a long one as well. A lot of code examples and screenshots. Yeah, and, and you were supposed to do three and then I did that one. So it's you a this one. That, I'm that, just a silent okay. fin. I just need to. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have another uh, community article this time from Fiverr Adekunle. Adekuni, Adekunle. I can see, I can't read the name on your screen and probably butcher the name anyway, about understanding data connectors with Microsoft Power Apps, right? So when you build a Power App and you want to connect to anything really, any API system and so on and so on, you do it through a connector. So he goes through the different options. What are the connectors? How would you go about working with Dataverse, storing the data, retrieving the data and so forth and so on. So this is a nice overview article that shows you really the intro level info about working with connector connectors and data from other systems in Power Apps. Yep, really, really cool stuff. Thank you for that one. And you want to take this one as well from Marcus Miller from Avenue. Definitely, definitely. So Marcus had another great article, and this time about using the Fluid framework in collaborative apps, right? So Fluid framework is this framework, the that we offer at Microsoft. It's open source that allows you to build real-time applications. And with that, we mean that imagine that in your application, you want to show info about something, whether that is a whiteboard, whether that's collaborating on a 3D model or anything around that. And you want to let people remotely work on that app in real time. The first thing that you will uh, come across is to be able to sync the state in consistent uh, way across everybody who's working in the app. That might be two people, 150, whatever, right? And the cool thing about Fluid's framework is, is that it takes all of that away, allowing you to focus on building your app, right? So it takes everything from managing states, syncing it, uh, handling conflicts and all of that. It does all of it already. And Marcus shows here example, how can you use it 
to build a sample app that allows people to vote on the movies that they see in their app in real time. And as somebody votes, you can see the number of vote go go up and down or only up. I I, I guess, I guess in, in, this case, yeah, in this case, go up. Exactly, right? So everybody who works with the app can see the number of votes being refreshed real time as they work. You don't have to yep. reload the app. You don't need to refresh the browser. It's all real time. So it's really a um, simple scenario that illustrates the power of Fluid Framework in your app. And if you have a scenario like that, that is a great place to start and learn. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, and then we move to the video section. April Donan had a, a updated video around Power Apps Creator Kit overview. So basically, Creator Kit is a set of controls and guidance and assets which you can use uh, to speed up your Power Apps development. It's, it's one of those reusable controls and things to make things look prettier. So it's a great, great, great asset to be available. And this is a nice 11.45 minutes video related on what does it contain, how to get started, how to use that. So really, really cool stuff. Thank you, April, on that one. And then we had an uh, AC had a new video. Exactly. So AC in, uh, talks about how does the SharePoint framework works, right? So oftentimes we get to work with SDK or framework platform, but we don't often really think about, hey, how does it work exactly? Like what's going on behind the scenes? How does it fit? Yeah. And so on and so on. And AC in this video does a great job to summarize that, explain the basics, the mechanics behind it, so that the next time you work with it, you have a better background to understand really how things work. So definitely, yep. if you work with SPFX, check it out. Absolutely, absolutely, really, really cool stuff. And then uh, our good friend Paolo Pialorci had an again updated uh, video. He is publishing this every single week. Super, super uh, good set of videos um, because again, they're less than six minutes or typically five to six minutes or eight minutes um, on a specific topics. And he's he's been now going through the BMP uh, SPFX controls, and this is almost like the the, the similar thing as what. Uh, April went through around the creator kit. So these controls are kind of a speeding up the adaption and making uh, web part implementation faster. And they are open source, community-driven set of controls. I guess there's more than 50, 60 of them already. So and, and we're getting more and more contributions there all the time, which is super, super cool. And this case, the question was around BNB security-trimmed controls. So you're able to basically hide sections of a application based on the permissions of the user, which is really, really cool. Yeah. And then the last one uh, is from Shane Young around Power Apps Zoom yes. in a image control. Exactly. So as the video says, you have an image and you want to be able to zoom in and out in your app. There's a control for that, right? So Shane walks through the, the control, the way it works, how you can apply it and control the zoom and so forth and so on. And there is also an ad that we are apparently showing now on the screen because that, wow, that that doesn't have, have a license. Ah, we're watching this in a different profile. I don't have a license actually for YouTube, but still. Yeah, me neither. Anyways. Anyway, yes. so this so is thank a very you, interesting Shane, video. If you uh, work with Power yeah. Apps and Images, check it or out. Or if you like dogs, because there are dogs in the video. So Dogs, yeah, I like <laughs> dogs. If you like dogs, I like... <laughs> dogs? <laughs> what do you mean you like dogs? <laughs> uh, if you have a boat and you need to dock your boat, dogs are really important. Oh, that, okay. Maritime, the maritime dogs. I'll be here the whole week, you know. <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> I won't, so <laughs> all by yourself. Uh, let's do a quick one more minute or two minutes. Uh, what's happening this week? Yes. Anything interesting? 
this week this week is not going to happen much because it's already 4 p.m on friday as sure, we're recording fine. this so, what about the next week so uh, next week next week is is well so maybe there are a few things that we're planning to do this week still i'm working and we have actually actually we have already a, a pending pr to add support for upgrading sharepoint framework projects to version 115.0 rco in C- with cli for n365 Right, because like you, you just just announced new version of SPFX, and the one thing that we want is that people try it early. Yes, you there. Yes, right. And we want people to try it early and tell us if it works, if there's missing and anything, and so forth and so on. And we want to make it as easy as we can for people to upgrade the projects that they already have to basically try it with real life scenario uh, code as opposed to hello world, right? Because like we tested the hello world already. Right. So yep. we want people to say, hey, in your code, would this work? Do we have everything? Or is this something in your case that we didn't take into account? So we want to make it as easy as we can for you, which is why we already worked that early to have that uh, upgrade. So that's coming soon. Um, anything else? Planning, planning, planning is still in progress. Planning, planning, planning. Um, planning. Yes, exactly. It's planning time. Uh, there isn't really that much coming out i'm trying to think no there isn't really anything anything that um one thing that um i will be looking into is with the new teams toolkit we have this new ability to to easily create bots that notify you whenever there was a change in an external system Yep. Right. So imagine that you want to be notified when the weather has changed or there is new bill or new order or somebody did something in an external app. In the past, well, you would build a bot, right? So you need to know about turns and, and intents and all of that. In the new Teams toolkit, there's a nice, let's say, abstraction on top that takes all of that away because that's not relevant when you want to build a bot that notifies you. Sure. If you want to have a bot with which you um, y- uh, you converse, yes. Then you need to know about uh, intent, dialogues, and all of that. But if all you want is to be kept up to speed in Teams when something else has changed elsewhere, you don't need need any of that. So there's a really cool way to build de- these kind of bots, and I want to learn more about it and see if there's anything that we can share with everybody else to yep. help them try it too. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, on my side, quickly, you? already five minutes late from the previous meeting. Some people are waiting, um, but still. Uh, so I, I'm flying in uh, on Monday to Redmond. So it's been two and a half years since I've been at the office. So it's actually good to catch up and and see people um, more as a social thing to to have a discussion with people. And of course, a lot of planning because. Uh, the planning, planning, planning means semester planning for next semester. So basically starting from Ju- July to December and what's going to happen and then having all of those plans clarified and then shared across the teams and, and collaboration. But primary thing is is really to have a lot of, lot of face-to-face meetings and catch up with people because it's been a while since we actually met people in real world. So. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to hear from you how you experienced that after, as you said, like not seeing people or not having met people from, from sure. your team in the last two years, like having them, seeing them in person the whole day for a yep. week. Yep, that, that's I'm true. I'm curious. But at least what, what's really, really cool, there's our direct lights nowadays from Helsinki to Seattle. 
at least for the summertime, which is awesome. So no transfer in London or Reykjavik or Amsterdam. So this is really cool. So good for you. Anyway. I guess that's it for this week. So thank you everybody for watching. I uh, really uh, appreciate uh, you watching and, and keep giving us feedback here and there related on BNP Weekly. And if there's good ideas or visitors you would like to see in here, let us know. But other than that, I guess it's time to close and we'll come back with a new BNP Weekly within a week. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>